Hi, everybody, and welcome to our podcast. For those of you who are listening for the very first time, we are called Interruptions. The reason why we call our podcast Interruptions is because we believe that there is a space between the time an incident happens and your response. My name is Latrice Ferguson, and I have a really special guest here with me today. Would you like to introduce yourself, guest? Sure. I'm Melanie DeMare. Hi, Melanie. Thank you so much for being here with Thanks me today. Thanks for having me, Latrice. Yeah, so today we are talking about a learning tool that we have leveraged here on campus, and we affectionately call that tool Professional Development Circles. Um, when we were thinking about, I guess, the, 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 I'll start with what problem were we trying to solve when we launched Professional Development Circles? So what we know to be true here on our campus, as well as in most organizations, there is a need for additional um, capacity building around managing people. We on campus have about 2,100 people managers on our campus. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, and there we have a pretty small learning team. And so we were thinking, how can we create experiences um, so that managers can gain some insights from each other? And so that's where professional development circles, um, that's how they were born. Melanie was a participant in one of those professional development circles, and she's here today to share with us some of her experiences in that. Yeah. So, Melanie, can you just sort of describe to um, to our listeners why you were interested in participating? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a big fan of y'all's work, okay. but also because I was a new manager and I thought that it was a great opportunity for networking, but also for learning and getting some tools that would prepare me in a way that maybe any book I read or any kind of um, instruction I got from someone based on what I had to do, mm-hmm. um, I thought that the learning or the professional development circles would give me a different view and a different opportunity to kind of learn from people who might be where I was mm-hmm. in my career mm-hmm. and in my management experience, but also that um, might have a lot more. And so it just seemed like a really unique and awesome opportunity to take part in. Nice. Well, thank you so much for one, answering the call. Yeah. So for y'all that are listening to us, what we did was we basically did an all call on campus for anyone who is a people manager who would like to participate in this collaborative learning experience. We gave a high level summary, just that you would have the opportunity to learn from colleagues. We will provide you some tools to get you started. But beyond that, the circles are self-sustaining. And so we had a tremendous response, so much so that folks that didn't manage people also wanted to be a part of the professional development circles, Mm -hmm. interestingly enough. We thought it is very important at all levels of our organization to understand the capacity and the brain trust that is already there. So we have people on our campus who've been managing people for 30 years. We have new managers. We have managers, you know, who were newly promoted. And so what we thought we would do was create an experience for them to learn from each other. 
Can you tell me a little bit about sort of your circle and how it came together? Yeah, so it was funny because the first day um, y'all had us kind of come together in this room with all the other circles and it was great because I was in a circle with folks who I had never met before. Maybe they think maybe one other person I'd met with, but otherwise I hadn't really interacted with people Mm -hmm. in my circle, which I think is a pretty rare occurrence for me at Tech. I've been here almost a decade and and you know, knows you. Yeah, I'm super popular. <laughs> um, but I think it's rare because we do tend to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And so it was really nice to be in a circle with people that I didn't know and who were from all different parts of the university. Mm-hmm. So we had people from... Um, the startup kind of group on campus. We had people who worked in HR. We had people who worked in the academic units. Um, We had people who worked um, in facilities and in housing. And so folks from all over campus um, in it. And so I thought immediately... Either this is going to really go great Mm -hmm. or this is going to be really, really bad because Mm -hmm. we're not going to speak a common language. And um, it ended up being a really great thing because I think we came at what we found was that there were universal issues Mm -hmm. that people had to kind of address and navigate. um, But they were just kind of site specific, Mm -hmm. I guess, in terms of where they were happening. But the core issues and the core challenges were things that we could kind of come at from different angles Mm -hmm. and help problem solve. And so that was really great. Um, And my circle had people who were of all different kind of levels at Mm -hmm. the university. Some people who had been, you know, who are near retirement and Mm -hmm. some folks who were, you know, relatively new professionals. And so that was cool, too, to kind of hear the different takes people had, um, both a long range and shorter range view of what it means to be a manager here at the Institute. Yeah. So for those that are considering um, implementing professional development circles, our team took great care at the onset of trying to create this perfect blend of people, right? Mm -hmm. And so you don't really know what's going to happen. But when we were looking, we just kind of wanted to make sure people that were in the same reporting chain weren't together. You know, we wanted to get the most diverse groups as we possibly could. The other consideration that you want to think about is the number of people. So we started the groups with 10 to 12 people knowing that there's going to be some attrition, right? And so the perfect um, number is about six to eight people, right? And so one of the challenges, and I don't know, Melanie, if you experienced this, but one of the big challenges was scheduling. Yeah, you know, I think we... It's funny because we kind of sat down in that first initial meeting where everybody had to be there. um, And we pulled out our calendars and we said, okay, what days typically work well for everyone? And we all kind of talked about days and times. um, And we set out our first, I think, five or six meetings. and so people could go ahead and somebody on our team, I think it was Will Jemerson, put it together and sent it out and kind of offered to be the point of contact mm-hmm. to put it on everybody's calendars. And so he did that. Um, and our first meeting, I think I think all but maybe two folks came mm-hmm. um, and it stayed that way. We trickled down a bit once we got past that sixth, that sixth mm-hmm. meeting or that fifth meeting, whenever we had kind of put it on the calendar because then it did become a challenge to get together. But um, so I think that's my recommendation if folks are going to do it to Mm -hmm. go ahead. And even though it seems like a bummer in the moment to have to pull out your calendar and Mm -hmm. think about three months in advance or four or five months in advance to go ahead and put that on the calendar and protect that time, um, you know, 
I think is really valuable and was really a part of the success of our individual circle. Yeah. So Melanie has sort of talked a little bit about that first meeting. For those of you who are thinking about implementing a professional development circle, you can have a kickoff or you cannot. It just depends on your organization and how you want to do it. We chose to have a kickoff meeting where Everyone who was participating in the professional development circle showed up in the same room. One, it was exciting for us to see the magnitude of the experience, but also for people that were participating to see all different types of people participating. We also um, did some very strategic activities so that the group members could start to at least get to know each other. And it sounds like we should you should also make sure people bring their calendars so you can get the first couple of meetings set. Um, secondarily, um, I think it's important. Also, we we provided a little starter kit for for groups, and so Melanie, if you could tell me a little bit about if you got in, you can be honest. If you guys used the starter kit, um, and was it helpful? Yeah, we used it, and it was really helpful. Um, we um, our the starter kit included podcast opportunities to kind of listen to, and it also included um, readings that we could do. Um, I think that we primarily used the readings, but um, they were really helpful. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of meetings where we would use that um, kind of starter kit as a jumping off point. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'd talk a little bit about what the reading was or what the experience was or what our reactions were to it. And then we would kind of go into like what's going on like let's Mm -hmm. talk about our highs and lows for the week let's talk about what are some of the things I'm coming up against let's share some resources Um, and sometimes we would circle back around to kind of what the topic of the week was and sometimes we wouldn't Mm -hmm. Um, but it was helpful I think especially for some of I'm particularly introverted and Mm -hmm. so it was really helpful for me to kind of have a place where I thought okay if I don't really feel like I have anything I want to share this week or I'm feeling a little soft or vulnerable about what's going on for me this week and I'm not sure I really want to talk about it, it gave me an opportunity to talk about something kind of big picture mm-hmm. um, that felt like a lower risk that might lead me into talking about things that felt like a higher risk. And so they were really, really helpful. Oh, good. So um, we'll link a, uh, a um, template for one of those starter kits in the podcast. So those of you interested in implementing professional development circles in your organization can leverage that. Another thing that we did, we we really encouraged teams or circles for the first couple of meetings to all share their leadership journey. Um, how did that? Did y'all do that? How did that? Go? Yeah, we okay. we actually spent. Yeah, we did. We did two of them, mm-hmm. um, and the first one. Um, we did kind of in a regular me- a regular meeting space. We met, we rotated in meeting spaces, so okay. we saw each other's different spaces, and so um, we met in some somebody's meeting space um, and kind of shared that. And then we ran over, and we ended up getting lunch together the next oh, nice. week um, and having more of a casual conversation for the folks who couldn't be there, but also the folks who you know we ran out of time for to kind of have that conversation. And it was great, you know, because I think. It was really interesting to hear what people saw as their highs and lows, Mm -hmm. what they felt like were their big wins, what they felt like had really shaped them Mm -hmm. um, as a professional and um, why those things had shaped them as professionals and how that showed up, you know, um, for them in their day to day work. 
mm-hmm. um, and in their goals moving forward. And so it was a really it was really interesting. And it also, I think, universalized the experience mm-hmm. that we all have these moments that we're really proud of. And we all have these moments that maybe where we thought, I'm going to quit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm done here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, the struggles weren't all the same. But it was interesting to kind of hear about the perseverance and resilience and what kind of kept people moving forward and going forward. And learning from which I thought was really cool. Some people's candor about knowing when to quit mm. um, and when to walk away was really valuable too. I think when you see people who are in managerial positions and know that like they've taken had an op- you know they've had an opportunity to keep pushing and it not being knowing in their gut it's not the right fit mm. and and having the moxie or the gumption to say I'm going to walk away from this mm-hmm. and I'm going to do this other thing because that feels better mm-hmm. um, was really eye-opening and cool um, and I think a really important lesson for me and I think probably for other people in the group too. Nice. Very nice. Um, it, it, one of the things that we got a little bit of criticism on around the professional development circles is we were very strict about um, keeping the circles closed once they had been established and that's really because at the first couple of meetings, you're sharing your leadership journey, right? Mm-hmm. And to have someone come into that space after mm-hmm. that has already started to happen, we're hoping some vulnerability and some sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would feel as if you needed to catch up. And so we were trying to explain that to some people. And they're like, uh, we still want to. Well, no. So that's a, a, a space that we as the professional development team, we decided, no, once it's kicked off, we're going to keep it small, you know, keep it mm-hmm. at the numbers. And when people have that natural attrition, it's totally fine. Um, but we wanted to protect that space for you all. I think um, the next question I want to ask you is, do you believe that you had any um, lasting connections made from that? Um, circle. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because um, when I was going through the circle, um, there was a lot of kind of um, change happening for me professionally. Mm-hmm. And there were days where I could have chosen not to prioritize it. Mm-hmm. and But I chose to prioritize it um, because it was the thing that kind of fed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those people, while I may not see them day to day, we might go a semester or a year without mm-hmm. seeing each other. I feel like I could pick up the phone yeah. and call any of them and mm-hmm. say, I'm dealing with this thing or I'm thinking about this move or I'm mm-hmm. thinking about this change or this transition or I'm trying to navigate this issue with anyone really mm-hmm. and have kind of a safe space to kind of talk that through. Um, and, you know, I really... I valued the closed nature of the group mm-hmm. because I think that we did establish a lot of trust with mm-hmm. one another and we um, were able to be really vulnerable. And um, I think that what was great is that some of us were going through some pretty hard stuff mm-hmm. and some of us um, were having some pretty big wins. And I really appreciated the way that we could be there for each other in that process. And so um I, I think other people in the group would feel that way. Um, I mean, maybe not. That was, a, that was a kind of a weird question. Like, yeah, I had some lessons. I don't know if they did. <laughs> no, I mean, I think so. I mean, it's funny because we've exchanged emails since mm-hmm. then. We haven't gotten that together. Yeah. Um, but I would like for us to. And mm-hmm. I think, um, but I think that, 
I think we genuinely ended up liking each other. Mm-hmm. And I think, I get, I mean, I imagine that if you had asked any of us at the mm-hmm. onset, like, do you think these are people that you necessarily would have interacted with or, like, mm-hmm. taken the time to get to know? Most of us probably would have been like, well, no, maybe one or two of us. Right. But, um, but I think we really did. And a couple of folks who were in my circle have left the Institute. Mm-hmm. But um, when they you know, message to say that they were leaving. I think people were genuinely sad um, and genuinely sent them warm wishes and, um, you know, wanted them to go on to be successful and maintain that connection with them. And so, um, yeah, I I mean, I think we bonded pretty well. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Like, we recently, you know, have these newly articulated values, and one of them is community. Mm -hmm. And so one of – this is a way, in our opinion, that you can start to establish community. Georgia Tech is a huge campus. But it's really not that big once you get to know people Mm -hmm. and start to, you know, network and build your little, you know, clan of people. Um, And so we are hopeful that the professional development circles act as that kind of thing for people. Because oftentimes when you're a manager of people, it can feel a little lonely. It can feel a little isolating. And you're not necessarily always sure about the step you should take. Is it the right step? Am I looking at it from the right vantage point? And the point of the professional development circles is to give you a network of people that you can run some of those ideas by. We, I adapted um, the professional development circles actually from circles, small groups from my church. And the interesting thing about that is you never, the people you end up with, you're like, looking left to right like eh, not sure how this is gonna work out you know and then it, it's amazing how you get to know more about those people than you do some of your closest friends and things like that because you're sharing from a unique and um sort of um, baseline, I guess is a better way to say it, place, right? We're mm-hmm. all managing people. We're just trying to do the best that we can. You might have experienced this before, and you can share with me. I might have experienced something else. So the last place that I want to um, to explore with you before I get your sort of overarching closing mm-hmm. statement is after about six or seven sessions, I think the little starter kit had maybe maybe six. I think it was five or six Mm -hmm. things, right? Did you guys do anything, um, like, did you have any meetings beyond that? Because we've heard several people want more direction, and we really want to give less direction. Yeah. And so it's a balance of trying to understand what... You know, it's interesting. I think that part of why we didn't continue to meet was that our schedules just kind of got... Mm -hmm wonky and we stopped and I I think that we would have continued to meet had we said like our group will always meet the second and third Wednesday or mm-hmm. the second and fourth Wednesday um, at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just was a standing thing right. um, and but I think because we had scheduled things out um, based on the starter kit knowing that we wanted to get through the starter kit together and then Um, we ended up kind of going a little bit beyond that because we spent so much time with the starter kit, Mm -hmm. not just with the starter kit, but using that as like launch pads for discussions Mm -hmm. that took us elsewhere um, that we kind of ran, we ran out of the dates that we had scheduled Mm -hmm. and then it got hard to get back together. But I valued the starter kit because it, it, gave us points of connection Mm -hmm. and a place to kind of start talking. And I think, you know, maybe if it was a little bit longer, mm-hmm. 
but then wasn't it, what I really liked about it was that it wasn't prescriptive mm-hmm. and so any group could kind of take with it what they wanted to take with yeah. it and I didn't feel pressure if we didn't spend, you know, the week week three talking about radical candor. Right. Like, that didn't feel terrible to me if mm-hmm. we didn't do it. If we did do it, great. And there were times it was kind of like a book club. It was funny because by the time we got a little bit way of the way through the starter kit, mm-hmm. it, you could tell the people who are kind of like the nerds in the group right. were like, oh, right. I did right. all this reading yes. and I listened to the podcast <laughs> and I did additional research <laughs> and I had thought about how to implement this. And then you'd get people who go, can you just give me kind of an right. overview Subway. of what it said? Um <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was one of the nerds. But I think, so I value that because yeah. I value a lot of information and a lot of knowledge gaining. But I don't, but I also valued that it wasn't prescriptive. And right. so I think it's like that delicate balance and that mix of maybe some guidance about how to continue on gotcha. or what other topics might okay. be of value to mm-hmm. discuss mm-hmm. or... Um, like saying, for instance, you should subscribe to the Harvard Business Review because mm-hmm. it gives you that management tip a day, and maybe mm-hmm. that would help you continue a conversation. Yeah. Um, and it's fine. Yeah. Like for us, we're like some of them will continue on, and some of them will come to a natural close. Yeah. Um, and then we'll relaunch again next year, and so people will get a whole new circle of people if they want to continue. Um, some groups have said we want to continue, but it's only three of us. Can you give us four more people mm-hmm. to add to our circle? Like, sure. As long as you don't mind telling your story all over again, because that cycle of telling, sharing your story, sharing your journey creates the space to have those, you know, conversations. And it gives you a level of understanding. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if someone comes in with a challenge and you don't know their backstory, you might be looking at them a little sideways like, really, is that? But if you understand their backstory, you can be like, oh, I can see how you could potentially see it that way. Maybe we look at it in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was really good. So the the key takeaway from our perspective, from a professional development um, tool, we believe that the professional development circles are successful. Um, It's a low impact activity for us as a team. And it seems like a high impact activity for those who actively engage and actively participate. So we highly, highly recommend them. Um, There's an article that I'll also link in the podcast that talks about using it and leveraging it with executives, because that's oftentimes um, even lonelier. Just think if you're the CEO or the president of an institute or a provost or something, and they tend to form their own little circles. And you have the people that you, you know, sort of go to that are in those spaces. But um, there's a, an article that talks about leveraging them at that level, and I think that is pretty powerful. Yeah, I think I, I think that's awesome to hear mm-hmm. because when I think about the higher up you get, the mm-hmm. smaller your circle gets. Mm-hmm. If you're all sharing the, from the same kind of cup, and you're mm-hmm. not this, that's actually where I think the guides would be mm-hmm. really useful, right? Mm-hmm. Because then, folks, it's challenging some of maybe that behavior or those norms that have kind of come up in the process of an executive or the process of a vice president mm-hmm. or, you know, whoever. Um, and it kind of gives them an opportunity to say, you know, I hadn't really thought about this in the mm-hmm. way that I work with my employees or in the way that I work with my peers. Mm-hmm. And, and to establish that kind of vulnerability and trust that's not about banter, not about politicking, but about really getting to know each other, I think could have a really cool trickle-down effect. Yeah, yeah a, I agree. A, I definitely agree. <laughs> so, Melanie, I didn't prep you with this question, so you might have an answer. 
It's okay if you <laughs> Thanks, Latrice. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if there is one great lesson that you um, sort of would mind sharing that you learned that has increased your people management capacity from participating specifically in the professional development circles? Oh, gosh. I know it's a big question. Thanks a lot, Latrice. Um, you know, it's interesting because uh, I, I think I learned a lot. When I think about a tool that I actually use mm-hmm. from, um, I go back to the radical candor piece mm-hmm. that we talked a lot about, and it just felt so intuitively right to mm-hmm. me. And I thought, and it was nice to have kind of a, place to talk about that and think about what might some of the pitfalls of this be to hear folks kind of push back against it mm-hmm. or push for it because it helped me especially in that circle um, it helped me to think about how if I'm using this with my supervisor if I'm using this with a peer if I'm using this with somebody I'm supervising um, how they might react mm. and what some of their concerns might be or what some of the things might be that excite them. And so um, that was really, really useful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in diversity and inclusion. And so it was great to hear we had a kind of section on that um, that we talked a good bit about. And it was really great to hear people's different um perspectives um, on diversity and inclusion and how to how to incorporate that into their work mm-hmm. um, in ways that for me it's second nature and so it was interesting to hear people say well I struggle with this right you know and I thought well why mm-hmm. and it was really illuminating um, for me to kind of hear from people who have very different jobs from mine about something that is so second nature and so integral to my work being something that is difficult for others and I think professionally that's helpful because it helps me to think about how to better sell and better package my work mm-hmm. um, for people who aren't doing it so yeah. I don't know a couple of different things yeah, there that's yeah awesome that is awesome <laughs> stuff so from the standpoint of a professional development professional I would say your interruption here is whenever someone comes at you and says, we need a learning program for managers or a training program for managers, think outside the box and maybe figure out ways that you can leverage some sort of collaborative learning um, piece is the the interruption there. And for those of us that are managing people um, and looking for those tools, seek out opportunities to learn from your colleagues, to build your community, to build that clan of people that you can start to be a little vulnerable with that will tell you the truth and give you some real rich feedback. And that is what we had hoped the professional developments would have achieved. Last question, Melanie. Would you do it again? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd totally do it again. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Thank you for always participating in our programs. We love that. Thank you so much. Tell us, did you tell us what you do on campus? No, I uh, serve the Institute as the Assistant Dean and Director of the Women's Center. Oh, how lucky Georgia Tech (laughs) is to have you. I mean, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.